your parents know that you listen to the evil rock music. You're an American teenager, for God's sake. Welcome to Gilmore Girls Soundtrack. I'm Melissa Olson. Episode 117, I Don't Want to Wallow. Today, we'll discuss the soundtrack of Season 1, Episode 17, The Breakup, Part 2. We'll talk about the musical references in this episode, even the ones you might not remember because they go by so quickly. And then we'll finish up with the weekly segment, Spinning in Stars Hollow, where I offer recommendations based on what we heard on today's episode of Gilmore Girls. So grab your coffee and a Danish. It's time for Gilmore Girls Soundtrack. First up, we see that a simple pop culture reference ties the Gilmore Girls into the popular parlor game, The Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon. Here's Lorelai with a reference to the classic 1984 musical drama, Footloose. What are all these people doing up at Saturday morning? Some people like getting up early. You lie. No, they do it voluntarily. Really? Every day. <gasps> Jump back. Excuse me? Kevin Bacon, Footloose, reaction to the no dancing in town rule is revealed to him by Chris Penn, brother to Sean, sage to all. Should've known. Yes, you should've known what they teach you in that damn school. Pitchford was so inspired by a 1979 news story about a small town in Oklahoma which had finally lifted an 80-year-old ban on dancing that he wrote the screenplay for the film Footloose. The Footloose soundtrack hit number one on the Billboard Albums chart in April 1984, bumping Michael Jackson's Thriller out of the top spot and holding the number one spot for 10 weeks. It went on topping charts all over the world, selling more than 17 million copies. The song you hear now, Kenny Loggins' single for the title song, hit number one on March 31st, 1984, and stayed there for three weeks. Footloose also received a 1985 Golden Globe nomination for Best Original Song in a Motion Picture. Based on Lorelai and Rory's tastes in film we have seen up to this point, it's easy to assume Footloose is a film they watched on a regular basis, and most likely sang and danced along to, while eating red vines and malamars. Next up, we have a reference to one of the most notorious earworms of all time. It's a small world. Keep it down, she doesn't want anybody to know about it. Oh, I knew it. I just knew that kid was trouble. Yes, you did. You knew it. God, Pancakes, please. God, he's got a nerve. I mean, what does he think? He's going to do better than Rory? Is he crazy? Jesus. <laughs> All right, well, forget it, okay? Good riddance, adios, bienvenidos, hasta la vista. Can we get off the small world ride and get cooking, please? It's a world I do apologize that this song will inevitably be stuck in your head for the rest of the day, but I play it to illustrate the power of an earworm. 
An earworm, also known as a brainworm, sticky music, or the stuck song syndrome, is a catchy piece of music that will continuously repeat through a person's mind after it is no longer playing. It's a Small World is an easily recognizable example of this phenomenon, acting as the soundtrack to the popular Disney attraction of the same name. The original soundtrack of the ride featured the national anthems of each country represented throughout the ride, all playing at once, resulting in disharmonic cacophony. Walt Disney took his staff songwriters Robert B. Sherman and Richard M. Sherman on a walk through the scale model of the ride, explaining that he needed one song that could be easily translated into many languages and played as a round. The Sherman brothers then wrote It's a Small World After All in the wake of the 1962 Cuban Missile Crisis, which influenced the song's message of peace and brotherhood. When they first presented the song, it was a slow ballad. Walt requested a more cheerful sound, so they sped up the tempo. Walt was so delighted with the final result that he renamed the attraction It's a Small World after the Sherman Brothers song. It is contended that It's a Small World is the single most performed and most translated piece of music on Earth. In 2014, it was estimated that the song had been played nearly 50 million times worldwide on the rides alone, beating out the radio and TV estimates for You've Lost That Love and Feelin' and Yesterday, which were estimated to have been played around 8 and 7 million times, respectively. I'm still not sure whether Lorelai and Rory would love It's a Small World, hate It's a Small World, or love to hate It's a Small World. In any case, it has a great story. Next up, we hear What Do I Do from Sam Phillips, who we already know from the previous episodes as the voice and musician behind the show's charming melodic cues. This song plays as Lorelai arrives at Max's apartment and confesses that she has missed him. The lyrics of the song are more than appropriate for the moment, including phrases like saying both yes and no, and fears so long and dark that I lose you. If you recall, the last time we saw Lorelai and Max together was at Parents' Day at Chilton, which ended with Paris seeing them kiss and spreading it around the whole school. The couple decided, well, Max decided, that they needed a little time away from each other and broke up. Lorelai had already had her cha-cha moment, the one Suki pointed out was right on time, and was fearing getting hurt by Max. She clearly still has feelings for him, and this song by Sam Phillips really drives that home for the viewers. Next, we hear Where It's At from Beck as Rory and Lane arrive at Madeline's party. I've already mentioned Beck twice on Gilmore Girls soundtrack. First, at Rory's dance, we heard the single Mixed Business, and then we heard about Beck's genius from Lane while she was on a double date in episode 12 with Todd, who had no idea what she was talking about. Where It's At is the first single from Beck's 1996 critically acclaimed album, Odele. Beck earned a Grammy for Best Male Rock Vocal Performance for this song. The music video, directed by Steve Hanf, features Beck doing a variety of things, including working as a garbage man, singing at a car dealership, and line dancing. Where It's At was the first music video to be broadcast on MTV2 on August 1st, 1996. You can watch the video in the show notes at GilmoreGirlsSoundtrack.com. Where It's At! 
we hear another song from Madeline's party DJ while Rory witnesses a fight between Tristan and his girlfriend, Summer. Ooh, now he's a caveman. What are you gonna do? Knock me on the back of my head with a club and then drag me back to your Porsche? Summer, please. Ooh, good song. Baby, mom was mom. Yeah, go like this. I'm sorry, Miss Jackson. Ooh, I am for real. Never meant to make your daughter cry. I apologize a trillion times. I'm sorry, Miss Jackson. The song Summer Hears is Miss Jackson by American hip-hop duo Outkast. You couldn't go anywhere that year without hearing this song everywhere you went. Miss Jackson topped the U.S. charts and won a 2002 Grammy Award for Best Rap Performance by a duo or group. It was released on October 3rd, 2000, making it the most recently released song we hear on Madeline's Party playlist. While this song was definitely a commercial and critical success, based on the selection of songs we hear at her party, Madeline has a broader music taste than one might assume of a popular girl from a private school in Connecticut, who we previously watched ditch a Bangles concert to chase some cute boys. Speaking of Madeline's eclectic party playlist, next up is Every Day I Write the Book from Elvis Costello. Every Day I Write the Book was written by Elvis Costello and appeared on the 1983 album Punch the Clock by Elvis Costello and the Attractions. It peaked at 28 on the UK singles chart and was their first hit single in the US, reaching number 33 on the Billboard Mainstream Rock chart. Known for his lyrical wordplay, the vocabulary of Costello's songwriting is extensive. One critic described him as a pop encyclopedia, able to reinvent the past in his own image, praising his ability to incorporate so many different genres into his music. Next, we hear Billy Bragg with From Red to Blue. Another day dawns gray. It's enough to make me spit. From Red to Blue is the opening track from Billy Bragg's seventh album, William Bloke, released in 1996, five years after his last studio album. His music blends elements of folk music, punk rock, and protest songs, with lyrics that mostly span political or romantic themes. His music is heavily centered on bringing about change and getting the younger generation involved in activist causes. This song, it can easily be argued, is about a change of the tide for the parties of England. 
most likely referring to the election of Prime Minister Tony Blair, who was elected under the Labour Party in 1997, but disappointed grassroots socialists like Billy Bragg by largely abandoning the left-wing platform in favor of a more conservative political choice once he was in office. Thus, the title and theme of the song, From Red to Blue, referring to the party colors, red for the Labour Party and blue for the British Conservative Party. It may be an allegory to party politics, but it is a strange song to play for the kind of party Madeline was throwing in this episode. The last song we hear in this episode plays while Rory talks with Tristan at the piano. Here's The Crystal Lake from Modesto, California-based band Granddaddy. This song comes from Granddaddy's second album, The Software Slump. It was released as a single on May 29th, 2000, making it slightly older than the Outkast song we heard earlier in the party. We heard Lane get excited about finding this new album used in episode 12, Double Date. I talked about it a bit on that episode's corresponding podcast, recommending a Sparkle Horse song for fans of Granddaddy in the Spinning in Stars Hollow segment. This is going to happen more and more. Gilmore Girls tends to have repeat artists and references, really building up the musical tastes and authenticity of these characters. I'll do my best to share new information with each mention of these bands, but fair warning, I may accidentally repeat myself. Being a music geek has its drawbacks. I tend to talk in circles and tell people the same facts repetitively out of habit, assuming, most times accurately, that my friends may not have been listening the last time I went on a long tangent about the merits and career highlights of various obscure outfits from the far corners of the world and how they fit into the great big puzzle that is rock history. It's time for Spinning in Stars Hollow, where you'll get recommendations for songs you might enjoy based on music we've heard in this episode of Gilmore Girls. You can always find these songs on the Spinning in Stars Hollow playlist in the show notes for each episode at GilmoreGirlsSoundtrack.com. First up, for fans of Granddaddy, is a cover from Not a Surf of Depeche Mode's classic, Enjoy the Silence. This version of Enjoy the Silence comes from Not A Surf's 2010 album of covers, If I Had a Hi-Fi. The album title is a palindrome, meaning it reads the same forward or backward. Not really essential information, but I think it's pretty impressive. Enjoy the Silence has been covered by many artists, including Tori Amos, Keen, and Susan Boyle. 
The original version of Enjoy the Silence by Depeche Mode is a gold-certified single in the U.S. and Germany and comes from their seventh studio album, Violator. There is a rare promotional video for the song, filmed by French TV in 1990, featuring Depeche Mode performing the song while standing atop the World Trade Center on the rooftop observatory of the South Tower. You can watch this rare video at GilmoreGirlsSoundtrack.com in the show notes for this episode. We'll also hear songs from Not A Surf on Gilmore Girls in Season 4, Episode 19, and Season 6, Episode 8. Next up, we have a song for fans of Billy Bragg and Elvis Costello. Here's Madness with the popular 80s single, Our House. We hear a Madness song in season two of Gilmore Girls, but that song is far less popular than Our House. This single's popularity in the United States makes most people think of Madness as a one-hit wonder, but they had one other charting single in the U.S., their version of It Must Be Love. In 1983, Our House was their biggest hit in the U.S., reaching number seven on the Billboard Hot 100. They achieved much greater success in their native United Kingdom, but Our House charted well across the globe. The last suggestion this week is for fans of Beck and came out right around the time that this party would have been happening in the year 2000. Here's the apocalyptic Idiotech from Radiohead. recommendation to most of you. Radiohead is huge, and this song is one of the band's most famous and popular songs, according to both fans and critics. It comes from the English band's 2000 album, Kid A, and has been played at nearly every concert since its release. The song is listed at number 8 on Pitchfork Media's Top 500 Songs of the 2000s and ranked number 56 on Rolling Stone's 100 Best Songs of the 2000s. Into 
Idiotech is driven by a repeating electronic beat and four chord synth progression sampled from an experimental computer music piece recorded by Paul Lansky in 1973. Lansky is a New York-based computer music producer known as a pioneer in the development of computer music languages for algorithmic composition. Kid A relies heavily at times on computer-based composition, and this inclusion of a loop sampled from such an important figure in the evolution of electronic music cannot have been a coincidence. Paul Lansky is a professor of music composition at Princeton University and continues to produce music to this day. Lansky wrote an essay about Radiohead that appears in the book The Music and Art of Radiohead and has invited listeners online to identify where the sample is taken from in the original piece. Sounds like more fun than Tristan had with Summer at Madeline's party, at the very least. Olson. Thank you for joining me this week for Gilmore Girls Soundtrack. To read the show notes, find the playlists for the complete Gilmore Girls Soundtrack and Spinning in Stars Hollow, visit gilmoregirlsoundtrack.com. This podcast is available on iTunes and SoundCloud. Until next week, don't be afraid to pour your heart out over a cup of coffee or a gallon of ice cream. Wallow? Oh yeah. Get back in your pajamas, go to bed, eat nothing but gallons of ice cream and tons of pizza. Don't take a shower or shave your legs or put on any kind of makeup at all. And just sit in the dark and watch a really sad movie and have a good long cry and just wallow. You need to wallow. No. Rory, your first love is intense and your first breakup even more intense. Shoving it away and ignoring it while you make lists, is it's, it's not going to help. I don't want to wallow. Try it for one day. 